we're in a series right now called Encounter, Formation, Mission. In fact, let's say those three words together. Encounter, Formation, Mission. And um, we're just barely into this series. Pastor Sean asked me to speak this weekend. Um, And by the way, I'm Aaron Poor. I'm the associate pastor here at Journey Church. And uh, I'm going to be returning to my uh, bottled water here frequently. My voice uh, has not really wanted to follow me into 2024 this year. So I'm having to kind of coax it along. But we are in this series, and I love it. And I know that, you know, you've heard me many times, every time we're in a, a message series, I'm like, I love this one. This is the best one we've ever had. And, but this one really is the best one. It really is. It's, a, it's so good. And it's because it's, this is all about learning to be a follower of Jesus. It's all about learning to be a disciple of Jesus And if you're somebody, and it's so cool because if you're somebody that has just recently started following Jesus, this is for you. But if you're someone who has been following Jesus for many years, even decades, like me, this is for you. Because there's something interesting that can happen when you've been following after Jesus for a long time. We were talking about this in our life group the other night about how you can begin to kind of develop a set of things that you like and you're comfortable with, right? Like, I follow Jesus. I pray this way. I worship this way. And over time and repetition, those preferences can almost become doctrines in your life where you start saying, well, this is the right way, and these others are not the right way. And what we're doing here is we're going back to the fundamentals, the foundations, and even the basics of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. And we're finding out that the, the, the building blocks of that life and that journey come in encounter, formation, and mission. And so last week, Pastor Sean talked about the idea of encounter. It was amazing. And if you missed it, you have to go back and listen to that. And uh, you need uh, all three of these pieces together. Um, And this week, we're going to talk about the idea of formation. And um, I am so on board with all of this because I want to follow Jesus. I want to know Jesus. And something that's a little different in me than maybe what has been over a long course of time uh, in the way that I am approaching him is I want to know Jesus on his terms, not on my terms. And so I'm not coming to God anymore saying, God, teach me this thing. Make me strong in this area. Make me better in this area. I want to be this kind of a guy. Give me that gift. Give me this ability. I'm just coming to him and saying, Lord, I just want to know you. I want you to have full access to my life. Do whatever you want to do. Show me what you want to show me and make me into your image, not my idea of what 
I should look like in your image. Does that make sense? And so <clears throat> I want to follow Jesus because I want to go where he's taking me. Uh, there's a, Eugene Peterson has a quote that says, following Jesus doesn't get us to where we want to go. It gets us to where he's going. Amen? And so we talked about encounter last week, and Pastor Sean did an amazing job of kind of beginning to compare the difference between encounter and formation. And um, we're going to go a little bit deeper in that this week, but kind of take it from the formation side. And then keep in mind also that next week we're going to be bringing in the third piece, which is mission. But I'm not going to talk very much about that today. Uh, but I will go back and kind of refer to encounter because I think it's important to see the two pieces. So what is formation? What is formation? Now, if you would have asked me that question even just a few years ago, I would have been, just to be totally honest, I would have been a little bit dismissive on the idea of formation because what I would have done is I would have kind of had a knee-jerk reaction to that word and kind of considered it to be, oh, that's kind of a, like a liturgical, orthodox, kind of a Catholic-y kind of a thing, right, formation. And God has been doing a lot of things in me and kind of causing me to grow and see a bigger picture. And I'm number, number one, I'm understanding that things that are... Uh, coming from an older approach to God are not necessarily bad things. And number two, I'm also understanding that the idea of formation is not such a foreign concept uh, as I thought it was. So I love how Dallas Willard explains it. He's, he defines the idea of spiritual formation to people with a background like mine. And he says, really, spiritual formation is what we would call spiritual growth. And uh, once I hear that, I'm like, oh, I'm all, okay, yeah, I'm on board with that. I want to grow. I want to get better. I want to develop. I want to get stronger. I want to be more like Jesus. And he also goes on to say that spiritual formation should actually be called transformation, transformation. And I think a lot of you, when you hear that word, you're already understanding where we're going with some of this. Uh, but we're going to get into what the Bible has to say about transformation. But for, my, for myself, I begin thinking about the idea of formation and breaking it down into kind of two categories to help me sort of understand what's going on and, and what that process is. And so uh, one category or one way of thinking about formation, I would call it the process of practice. The process of practice. Now, the word process is the key, really. That's the key. So you think of the idea of something that is ongoing, something that is a progression, something that's a journey, not just a destination, and it's a process, but it's a process of practice. And the word practice itself can also be kind of broken down into two ideas. And this is kind of just common sense right here. Practice, and they both apply. Practice could be 
the development and improvement of a skill or an ability through uh, intentional repetition. That's kind of a fancy way of saying, if you want to be a good basketball player, you better go out and start shooting some free throws and working on your ball handling and running layups and stuff like that. If you want to develop that skill, you have to practice intentional repetition. How many in here ever took music lessons, piano lessons, guitar lessons? Right, lots of people. You know how that works. You don't just go into the, the music studio and get one lesson and walk out rock star, right? I mean, it takes intentional repetition, doing the right thing over and over until you begin to build muscle memory and you begin to understand how those things work. That's one way of practice, the process of practice. Another way to think about practice is it is the practical application of an idea. Now remember, keep this in context of what we're talking about here. We're talking about formation today. So the practical application of an idea, I could say at Journey Church, we believe that we should minister to those in need. And we could have meetings where we talk about it, right? And we brainstorm about it and we dream about it. But somebody's eventually going to come along and rightly say, why don't you just put that idea into practice? Why don't you put it into practice? It's the practical application of an idea. Okay, now bring that back into this idea of formation and the bigger picture of encounter, formation, mission. This is what it means to follow Jesus. Formation is the process of practice. It's more than just sitting in church and listening to a message. It's more than just putting on a podcast while you go for a run. It's more than just reading a book. Those things are kind of part of the whole bigger picture of formation, but it's a process of practice. Now, formation goes deeper than simple application. Like I told you, I, I kind of see it broken down into two areas. One is the process of practice, and the other is what I would call the process of becoming. The process of becoming. It's deeper than just practice. It is practice, but it's deeper than that. Because formation has a relational dynamic. It has something that happens between you and God as you step into the process of formation and you see God as mentor and father. And you see yourself as disciple and son or daughter. So there's this process of becoming. You're becoming who he wants you to become. You're becoming like Jesus. There's a, I heard somebody put it this way a long time ago, um, and it stuck with me. Uh, to, to apply it to myself, I would say it this way. All my life, throughout the course of my whole life, I am in the process of becoming Aaron Poor. And I have not yet become Aaron Poor. And you're like, what are you talking about? Of course you're Aaron. No, I have not yet become the Aaron Poor that God sees when he looks at me. And that's deep and that's amazing because, you know, when God looks at me, he's not getting hung up on 
all the areas where I've fallen short or I've dropped the ball. He sees me as he intends me to be, and I'm in the process of becoming that person, and I will continue to be on that process uh, my entire life. And so formation is the process of becoming. Um, Pastor Sean mentioned several times last week about the difference between encounter and formation. And we're going to look at how those two things differ from each other and why we need both things. But, but formation is a process. Just think about it as a process. <clears throat> and we need it. We need the process. We need the encounter too. I mean, I fully believe that when you come to Encounter Night in a, in a couple weeks, you're going to have an encounter with the living God. And it's going to be amazing. And we need that. And we should want that. But we also need the process. Um, we need formation. We can't just go from encounter to encounter. And uh, Jesus, Jesus, uh, uh, he, he alluded to this with the language that he chose. And I want you to just think about what, he, what Jesus said. Some of the most foundational statements Jesus made was, I am the way, right? I am the way. I'm the truth. I'm life. I'm the way. And then what he told people was he would say, follow me. I am the way. Follow me. Both of those statements, both of those commands, both of those invitations point to a process, a journey, right? This is formation. So he gives us this picture that life in him is an ongoing, progressive journey. Now, we need formation. And I think in order to see that and understand that, we have to be able to dismantle um, two myths that exist that can trick people into believing that they don't need formation. And I believe there are two myths specifically that can uh, deceive you into believing this isn't something that you need in following Jesus. The first myth is this, is that all you need is to know the Bible. And I'm, I'm emphasizing that word, know the Bible. All you need is to know the Bible. So the idea would be, well, as long as I open my Bible and I read those words, then I have everything that I need to be a follower of Jesus right there. Well, the irony with that wrong belief is that if you read the Bible, you'll find out eventually that you need more than just reading the Bible, right? And I could take a detour right now and talk about that, but I just want to leave that there, that that's the first myth, is that all you need is to know the Bible. The second myth is that you don't need to do anything. It's all God. You don't need to do anything. It's all God. God just does everything. He takes care of it all. You come up here on some service, you give your life to Jesus, bang, you did your part. God does everything else. And you may not believe that, but it is a widespread enough of a belief that it becomes a hindrance to many people to be able to step into the process of formation. So we have to be able to dismantle those things. The first, the first myth, especially, all I need is to know the Bible. Knowledge is not enough, 
right? I mean, I could, we could stand here and talk about, go back to the analogy I used a couple minutes ago about basketball, right? We could talk about, you know, playing basketball and what it's like to shoot a free throw or what it's like to, to block a, a shot or something like that. <clears throat> but how many of you guys know that you're not going to be able to do that unless you actually put it into practice. Just knowing about it doesn't make anything actually change. <clears throat> and so I want to have um, John Mark Comer explain this a little bit better and kind of dismantle these two myths about why we don't need formation. So let's go ahead and roll that video. The greatest effect was really enlightenment, which most of you now has had just a massive effect on Western European consciousness. And, you know, of course, you have the French philosopher Rene Descartes' famous line, I think, therefore, I what? Am. I think, therefore, I am. He called human beings res cogitans in Latin, or thinking things in English. His view of what it means to be human has shaped our Western world and the way we approach church and discipleship in the West. The problem is, basically, everybody now says, the dude was smart, but he was wrong. If he was right, if this view of what it means to be human was true, then we could just think something, know it in our head, and then go do it. Easy as that. How's that working for you? We could just read a book on health food and never eat sugar or dairy or meat again. It'd be really easy. We could just read a little teaching from Jesus about loving our enemy and be like, cool, got it, great, thank you. We could just read a little thing on, you know, anxiety and don't worry, don't worry. What a great idea. Okay, <laughs> let's not worry this week. The problem is that knowing something is not the same as doing it, which is still not the same as wanting to do it. Am I right? So a lot of stuff that you know, a lot of stuff that I know that I don't do, and frankly, I don't even want to do, even though I know it's right. So there's a way deeper problem here than the brain. What this means for our apprenticeship to Jesus, and this is a key idea for us tonight, is that we can't think our way to Christ-likeness. And the mind is essential thought. We'll get into that. But just bear with me. You can't think your way to Christ-likeness because the way of Jesus is a way. It's not just a set of ideas. It is a way of life. Our problem is that, as a general rule, even in the most anti-intellectual churches in the U.S., and it's not a slam, but it's just how it is, our approach to discipleship is usually a solely intellectual endeavor. Now, by intellectual, I don't mean it's heady and only for the educated people in the church. I mean that it's solely through the mind and the imagination. It's all about information transfer. So it's, hey, you want to grow and mature in Jesus? Come to Bible study on Wednesday night or get with your small group, read this book and have discussion questions or meet with your mentor for coffee every Thursday morning, work through this curriculum from the navigators on basic doctrine of Christianity or whatever. That's all great stuff. Don't misread me. I'm not down on any of it but hopefully you all know this. Information transfer alone does not yield transformation. It is a false assumption to think as your knowledge of the Bible goes up, your Christ-likeness will go up with it. That might happen. That's the goal, but not necessarily. There's way more going on. So that's the first myth. All you need to do is know the Bible. Second myth, and that first one is more if you come from a, I don't know, reform background or Bible church background or just you have no church background but you're wired more intellectual or education or whatever. This one is a little bit more if you come out of a Pentecostal background or charismatic background or an artistic background, and it's this. You don't need to do anything 
It's all God. So the famous cliche that gave rise to this is let go and what? Let God. That is such bad theology. I don't even know where to start. There's actually a tagline from the Keswick Convention. There's a whole history there. Let go and let God. I call it like the matrix theory of spiritual formation. Remember matrix? Come on. It's no Star Wars, obviously, but it's really good. You remember like the, tr like the download thing? Trinity here. I need a, what was it? Like I need a pilot program for a B-12 helicopter. And it's like, mm, got it. And now she's a pilot. Yeah. That's so cool in a movie. That's not how apprenticeship to Jesus works. I wish it was like, hey Jesus, I need a download for peace. Got it. Uh. <laughs> hey Jesus, uh, download patience, my seven-year-old. Holy, got it. Hi. <laughs> like Jesus, I just need a download for freedom from the addiction to, yeah, I don't even want that anymore. No, I'm good. Like, oh, that would be so cool. Unfortunately, it is absolute fantasy. I love that saying, it's one of the few cliches that I really like, without him we can't, but without us he won't. Without him we can't, without us he won't. Change, transformation is a joint effort between you and God. God has a part and you have a part. God has a responsibility and a role to play and so do you and I. And if that makes you nervous, um, I love Dallas Willard's line about how grace isn't opposed to effort, it's opposed to earning. So often we confuse the two. I have a 10-year-old son I love who every day I make him practice the piano in the afternoon, whether he wants to or not, and he's kinda into music, so it's usually okay. But I don't make him practice the piano to earn my love, he has my love. Like I love that kid too much, if anything. Make him practice the piano because my love will not make him into a really good rock star. I mean, musician, I mean, piano player, whatever. Like for that, like he has a responsibility. He has a part to play to become the man that I think God created him to be. All that to say, we have to partner with God. He has a part and so do we. He has a part to play, we have a part to play. Um, I hope that uh, we're kind of understanding what formation is and why we need it. And uh, I want to talk just for a second about how it works. And I also want to be uh, a little bit uh, dividing uh, more specifically what we mean by formation because we're not talking about formation in general because formation in general is happening in your life right now, all the time. Formation is happening. It's not an issue of, well, we have to make sure that, you know, we're, we're doing formation because if not, no formation will happen. No, formation in general is happening. It, it, life itself will come and apply pressure on you to form you in to something. So formation's happening to every person. Adolf Hitler experienced formation. It didn't turn out great, but he went through formation. Every person goes through formation. We are wanting to be formed into the image and likeness of Jesus. That's the formation we're wanting. Second uh, Corinthians 3.18 says, Now the, spirit of, the Lord is the Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. That verse right there 
tells us two important things about formation. It tells us, number one, what we're wanting to be transformed into. And it says from glory to glory. It again speaks to the idea of a process that happens. So we're all going through formation. We don't get to take an I'll pass option on formation. It's going to happen. So we have to just decide that formation is something that's happening. We just have to be intentional about what we're forming into. So there are so many factors that come together to create formation in our life. Obviously, Bible study and prayer and community are are good things that we want to have present in our life to create that spiritual formation. But we also have to realize that uh, there are so many other factors that create formation. So when you go to work, when you go to school, your your, uh, community in your neighborhood where you live, uh, you know, Uh, social media, the music you listen to, the movies you watch, all of those things want to be factors of formation in your life. And since we're wanting to be formed into the image of God, uh, we have to allow the Holy Spirit through the Word of God and spiritual practices to be able to do that. But the Bible, in one of my favorite verses that I usually figure out some way to include into a message, uh, tells us about the two different options when it comes to being formed. And the Bible uses the word conformed and the word transformed. And there's a difference between being conformed to something and being transformed into something. And uh, I, have an, I have an illustration to kind of show what this looks like, but <clears throat> in order to do that, I have to kind of get everybody closer, and we're so packed into this room, that's not going to work. So, of course, I made a video. And so I want you to watch the video and see what this means. It is so important for us to remember that formation is happening. I mean, we're talking about formation today as uh, something that we want to pursue, something that we want to uh, have grow and develop in our life. But formation in general is happening every day, right? I mean, things are happening in our life that are wanting to form us into an image or a shape that is related to whatever that circumstance or relationship or situation that's going on in our life demands of us. So formation happens when pressure is applied. Formation happens when pressure is applied. That formation can come through community. It can come through entertainment. It can come through recreation. It can come through scripture, through prayer, through worship, which is what we want, right? But one way or another, you will be formed. You are being formed. And you are like this little lump of Play-Doh, right? And so just for the next couple minutes, this is you. Here you are. This is this is what you, uh, this is your nature, this is your mindset, this is your uh, culture, this is the, the way that you think. And then 
the world comes along and all of the things in it, all of the situations, circumstances, relationships, things that are going on, and it applies pressure on you to shape you into what it demands that you become. That's what it means when we are conformed to the world. Pressure is being applied by the world around us to become a different shape. And really, Paul talks about this in Romans 12 too. It's very clear. He says there's two different options right here. Listen to what he says, Romans 12 too, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I hope you can see that Paul is talking about two very different things, right? I mean, he's not just saying you can either be conformed to the world or conformed to God. He's saying there are two different processes that happen. And when the world is calling the shots or, or making the demands, then we conform. And when God is leading, then we transform. So this world applies pressure to conform and renewing the mind in Jesus causes us to transform. In simple terms, uh, to conform is if a person or a situation comes along and applies pressure on you, it's demanding that you, uh, still being the same person, the same way of thinking, you begin to change into the shape that it demands. On the other hand, to transform means to change the condition, function, nature, or personality of something into something better in the case that we're talking about here. So back to the Play-Doh. When you are conformed, outside pressure is being applied for you to change into whatever it demands you become, right? Uh, if the outside pressure wants you to be rolled into the shape of a ball and you're this Play-Doh here, then that's what happens. If, if it wants you to be stretched out and pulled, then that's what happens. And you feel that pressure and you feel it changing you. But to be transformed means that you are not just being changed in shape, but an, a, a bigger change is happening. And, and you go from this to this right here. So this is like something totally new has happened now. And you're a, you're a new little lump of Play-Doh now. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that wonderful? And so God is calling us not to be conformed, but he's calling us to be transformed as our mind changes, as our culture changes, as, as we literally, as it says in the Bible, we are changed into the image of Jesus. We are changed. We are transformed. And so he is extending to us an amazing invitation to go on a process of becoming like him. Okay, now I, we're, we're starting to come in here for a landing uh, famous last words, uh, but we really are. I, I want to. I want to just kind of zero us in on the, on the comparing what Pastor Sean talked about last week with encounter and with this idea we're talking about today with formation. So I want you to think of encounter equally as important, but it's like an event. 
It's like a point in time. And of course, you know what we've been talking about today with formation, equally as important, but it's a process. It's a process that we go on. Uh, it, we would call it discipleship. Um, but when you start thinking about a process of transformation, let's go back again to what I was talking about earlier. If you're, if you're wanting to get in shape, then that's going to be a process, right? I mean, you don't change from like, uh, well, I'm not going to give specific examples, but you don't change from really out of shape to really in shape uh, by going to the gym one time. It's a process. It's repeated uh, activity in one specific direction. <clears throat> if, I, if I use my own personal life playing the guitar, for me, was a process that began when I was 13 years old, you know, a couple years ago. And, uh, and when I went in for my first guitar lesson at Bowman Music on the South Belt Highway in St. Joe, um, I, I had no expectation that I was going to walk out of there a super proficient musician. And that would have been crazy if I would have had that expectation. What happened was a process, and there were two key components that had to be in place all through my journey on learning how to play the guitar. And <clears throat> one of them was I had a teacher. And so you can learn to play music without a teacher, but there has to be some form even if it's through YouTube or something, somebody has to show you the way. And so there was a process of somebody sitting down with me and saying, here's what I want you to work on. Come back next week and let's see how you did. And there was an expectation that I would practice and I would come back and next week I would be a little bit better. So there's a process of formation there. And the other part of it was, like I just kind of mentioned, it was consistency over time. So anybody in this room that is wanting to be more like Jesus, this is the way. This is the path. This is the journey. Discipleship and consistency over time. You're not going to become like Jesus through encounter. You need encounter. You should desire encounter. But you're not going to become like Jesus through encounter. You're going to become like Jesus through formation. <clears throat> and it's important to become like Jesus. There's a purpose to that that goes beyond your personal blessing, right? Because as you become like him, he can move through your life and bless and minister to the world around you if you're like him, if you look like Jesus, if you talk like Jesus, if you love like Jesus. <clears throat> so let me put this up on the screen. An encounter is a moment when you experience God. Formation is the process of knowing God. Encounter is a moment when you experience God. Formation is the process of knowing God. Like Pastor Sean said last week, we got to have both of these. We need both. Imagine a, a set of, imagine a set of train tracks, right? 
There's a reason why you call them a set of train tracks. You need both rails. You need formation and you need encounter. What would happen if you were laying train tracks and then you just decided to take one of the rails up? There isn't, the, the train isn't going to get anywhere, right? We need encounter and we need formation. And you're going to see next week we need mission too. But we need encounter and we need formation if we want to get anywhere. And so these are two things that are required. So you, we're going to be learning a lot more about what formation looks like, how it works in our life, because as this, as this message series goes on, we're going to take a deeper dive into these things. But I don't want you to leave today without at least having an idea of how to begin this in your life right now. So I want to, as we close, I want to give you just a quick, a very quick, very brief foundation for formation. <clears throat> I'm just going to give you three things that if you will begin to implement these things in your life, and they're very obvious things, but they're crucial, essential, staple things that you need if you want formation to be happening in your life, if you want to see that growth. So the first thing is this, prayer. 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 So simple, right? This is, and, but what I mean by prayer is don't just throw up a prayer when you think you need to pray. Don't just offer up a prayer before you have a meal. I'm talking about putting prayer into your life as an intentional thing. Think about that athlete that every day they're taking time, they're in being intentional, and they're practicing and developing a skill. Think about that musician that's sitting down with their instrument and running scales and running, running technique practices and things like that. Look at prayer the same way. And when I say prayer, I'm talking about all kinds of prayer, all kinds of prayer. I'm talking about worship. I'm talking about petitioning prayer where you ask God for something. I'm talking about listening prayer where you sit quietly and you listen to God. Uh, <clears throat> putting prayer into your life in an intentional way, consistency over time will begin the process of formation. Number two, scripture, the Bible, the word of God, the good book, whatever you want to call it. Scripture. And again, I'm not talking about checking a box. You know, I have on my phone my Bible app. And every day when I wake up, it's got a new verse of the day for me. And that's a great thing. And I read it every day. And I, and I sit there and I think about what that verse says. <clears throat> but that's not what I'm talking about. That would be kind of like if you're that basketball player that wants to become a great player, that would be like going out and, and taking one shot and saying, I practiced. No, you didn't. I'm saying be intentional. Take the same approach as the musician that's practicing to become a proficient musician. Sit down with your Bible. Read. Here's the process I like to do. Read, reflect, listen, and write. So I'll open up my Bible. I will read my Bible, and then I'll stop and I'll consider what it said. And then I'll pray and I'll ask the Holy Spirit to teach me what God is, is saying through his word and I'll listen. And then as, as God begins to reveal things to me, I'll open up a journal or whatever, a margin of my Bible, and I'll write it down. 
You, you, you apply scripture the same way you apply any kind of practice. And then the third thing I want to say, this is, so we're talking about ways to get formation going in your life, prayer, scripture. The third one, community. Community. You've heard me say it a million times. There are some aspects of the nature of God you are only going to encounter through others. And it's because that's how God works. That's how God intended it to be. There are some aspects of his nature, his goodness, his love, that he chooses to reveal to you through other people because he wants you to connect with other people. God is a good father who wants to see all of his kids get along. And so there are some aspects of the nature of God you're only going to experience through community. Don't forget the body of Christ. Scripture talks about iron, sharpening iron. That's talking about this thing here where people get together. It's amazing. If you're not in a, in a life group, when we get together, God always does something. And many times it's something that's unexpected that we didn't know was going to happen. But God works through other people to minister to you, to strengthen you. He uses you to strengthen other people, and we all grow and we get formed by being together in community. So prayer, scripture, community, these are ways that if you put them intentionally into your life, you'll begin a process of formation. Let's go ahead and have the band come back up. We're going we're gonna to wrap this up, but what I want to do is I want to pray for you because formation is at the same time wonderful and uncomfortable. Wonderful and uncomfortable. You know, I used the little Play-Doh illustration there. What I really wanted to use that was a little more challenging was somebody working with clay on like a potter's wheel, right? And, and to actually see that lump of clay be formed into something but do you know what happens when somebody works with clay? We actually have a potter's wheel at our house, and, and Sarah and the girls know how to do that stuff. Pieces of that clay uh, not only get formed, but sometimes they fly off. Or if you work with wood and you're sanding or you're carving, pieces of that wood go flying off. And, and when you realize that you are the clay and you are the piece of wood, you realize this is a wonderful thing to be formed into the image of God. But that process of formation will involve surrender, right? It'll involve submitting to God. It'll, it'll, it'll involve saying, God, your way, not my way. And that might mean that I have to let go of certain mindsets or certain habits or certain things that I had in my life or even in my heart that I thought that I really liked but I'm willing to lay those things down because my, what I really want is to follow Jesus and be like him. And so what I wanna do is I wanna pray for you and then we're gonna worship one more time and then dismiss, but let's go ahead and stand up. <clears throat> Father, right now, we, as we think about this idea of following you and we think about how in your word, you called us to follow you. Lord Jesus, you even said, you even went so far as to say that we should daily take up our cross and follow you. <clears throat> as we think about these things, Lord God, we count the cost, 
and we say yes. We say, yes, Lord, I will follow you. Jesus, I will follow you. Whatever that cost is, I will follow you. Whatever you ask me to lay down, I will follow you because I want to be formed into your image. And so, Lord, I pray that you would just give us the strength and the consistency uh, in our heart to walk on this path and to not be pulled off to one side or the other. To, To not only say, I will follow you on a Sunday morning at church, but to continue to say, I will follow you tomorrow morning at work or at school, wherever we may be. But we say yes to you, Lord God. We choose to follow you. And we thank you, God, for your presence here.